0: Test one, two, three. Hey, we welcome you back. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel. We're probably going to do one more message, at least in 1 Samuel. Uh, So far this year, we looked at Habakkuk's prayer. We looked at uh, that slide there. I think Chris will have it up there. My prayer is that we may encounter God and His faithfulness, which awakens us to pray boldly, Live confidently, live joyfully, live each day with strength he provides. We looked at El Shaddai, so God reveals himself to Abraham, and then um, Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. So we just talked about his unlimited power, his blessing, he's worthy of our worship. And then last week was silent prayers, looking at the prayer of Hannah. Um, Yeah, that sometimes suffering opens... Many times, suffering opens up the door for our spiritual growth. And so, I don't welcome suffering into anybody's life, but um, it is where we often grow, honestly. All right? Um, God understands those silent prayers, and He has the power to answer those. Amen? All right. So, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to give you just a quick recap. So, we were in chapter 1 last week. We, first part of chapter 1, that was Hannah's prayer. Um, she was married um, to Elkanah. And um, Elkanah had two wives, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none, right? And so year after year, they went to Shiloh to worship God, to offer sacrifices. Um, and um, Elkanah felt sorry for Hannah. He would give her twice as much. To offer and bless, bless her with, um, and and um, Hannah just mourned that loss, the grief of not being able to have a child, not to have a son. Um, God hears her prayer as she's in the temple. Eli does not understand it. He's the priest. He sees her mumbling, uh, no words, but her mouth is moving. Assumes that she is drunk. Right. And um, she says, no, I'm just, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out my heart and soul to God. God hears this prayer. Um, They go back home. She conceives. It is time for them to go back to the temple a year later, okay, to offer sacrifices. And Hannah says, I'm going to stay home because Samuel is not yet weaned. When he's weaned, I am going to take him to the temple and dedicate him to the Lord. And that's what she does. When he is weaned, she takes him to the temple, gives him to Eli, the priest, and that's where he would live his growing up years, would be in the temple with Eli. All right? Um, So then you get into chapter 2. And Hannah's prayer, it's actually more a, a song of worship to God, kind of like Mary's prayer in the New Testament, just of worship of God's blessing and who He is. So it, it's just a, a hymn of worship to God. And then this last part of second half of uh, kind of the middle section, I guess, of chapter 2, we hear about Eli's wicked sons. And uh, it kind of goes into a little bit just what they were doing there. The sons of the priests, they are serving as priests in the temple. And yet, when it came time for the sacrifices, you know, they would offer the sacrifices. And there were some portions that were given to the priests because that is how the priests lived. They lived off of some of the offerings they came in. But instead of waiting for the sacrifice to be completed, they would go and take the best cuts of meat for themselves, take those, and said, I don't want it cooked or anything, I'm going to take it and roast it over the fire, right? And they would take it, the best parts for themselves, and it, uh, instead of giving it to God. And so this was very displeasing to God. And then all of a sudden the rumors began to spread as well that the, that the women that worked at the entrance of the temple, they were sleeping with. So not a good thing for, um, um, we would call it PKs, right? Priest kids. <laughs> Uh, Same as pastor's kids, right? Um, Would not be a good thing. And so um, that is going on. Eli talks to them. It doesn't phase them. They keep on doing what they've been doing. And um, and then we get to chapter 3. Samuel is now a young boy. We don't know how old he is, but he is old enough to talk. He is old enough to, to have communication with. And to hear the voice of God. So we're going to begin verse 1 of chapter 3. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It is the living Word of God that speaks to us. And Lord, we just pray for your Spirit to be here. Make your Word come alive uh, for us today. uh, Speak into our lives. We give you the thanks. We ask it in your name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was... Say rare, rare, not like your steak, right? It was rare, right? It was rare. The word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Verse 2, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, so he's getting older, he could barely see. He was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of the God had not gone out yet. So what does that mean? Well, there was a lamp that would burn in the temple from dusk until morning. Okay, from evening until morning. It would burn through the night. So the lamp of the Lord had not gone out yet, so it meant that God is going to come to Samuel in the early watches of the morning. Alright? Before the lamp had gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So they are in the temple, the tabernacle. So the the, the temple, Solomon's temple obviously has not been built yet. That's still in the making. Down the, You know, you have Saul, David, and then Solomon would build the temple. So um, they're in the tabernacle, and the tabernacle is located in Shiloh, and uh, we'll talk more about them. And that is where Samuel's living. He's actually, his home is in the temple. Cool, isn't it? Samuel answered, so, verse 4, Then the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered and said, Here am I! And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Okay. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down again. And I, I don't know, just the way that response is, I, I sense he was maybe the age of maybe some of our young boys, the wits boys maybe, about that, you know, maybe early elementary, maybe, maybe older, I don't know. Verse 6, again, the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel got up, went to Eli and says, here am I. You called. My son Eli says, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. Verse 8, a third time the Lord called to Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here am I. You called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant listens.' is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel! Samuel! Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle, ring maybe. All right? All right? At a time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. And so in those first couple chapters I skipped over, there was a prophet that actually came and said, Hey, there's some, I'm going to bring judgment against your sons. They're both going to die on the same day. Verse 13, For I told him I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about, his sons blasphemed God, they, he failed to restrain them, and therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. In other words, there's no sacrifice that's going to atone for their sin. And Samuel lay down until morning and then opened up the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, hear my. What is it that he said to you, Eli asked, and do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. And so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel. And as he grew up, he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, north to south, recognized that Samuel was attested as the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Amen? Amen. Um, So, when Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years, the place of worship was the tabernacle. It was centered in the center of the tribes as they went through the wilderness 40 years they were there. But then they go in under Joshua. They settle in the promised land, and it is... Then at Shiloh, and Chris I think has a map here, Shiloh, and so if you see the purple in the center here, I'm going to walk over here, but uh, right here is Shiloh. And so that's where the temple would be uh, for a long time, uh, the tabernacle would be, um, until it would maybe find its home in the, t- uh, in the temple um, in Jerusalem. But it was in Shiloh then that, that the tabernacle would be and that people would come to make sacrifices and to worship God. You know? So we see that uh, Elkanah and his family would come once a year to make sacrifices and to worship God. Maybe some others came more often than that. Um, but it was where God's presence was. He was in the tabernacle. He was in the temple. So Shiloh would become the home for Samuel in his younger years, and he grew up as a young man, young boy, into a man, and God, he would be a great prophet we see in Israel, and would provide spiritual leadership uh, for Israel in this time where you're coming out of the judges, and Israel did not have a king, um, and the king to have a king was never God's plan, but the people requested it, and so God honored their requests, even though He realized it would cause them a lot of heartache. So in our passage today, we learn, though, some principles about hearing the voice of God, and that's what I want us to look at today. I believe this applies to us in our daily walk with God, okay? But it also applies to us in being used in the area of ministry, being used in the gifts of the Spirit, and so on, all right? They kind of all go together. So what is the first thing that we see? In verses 1 through 4, I see that if we want to hear the voice of God, we have to be in the presence of God. We have to be in His presence. And I love the picture, right? Samuel is, his bed is close to the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the tabernacle usually had, you know, it had the most holy place where the Ark was, and then the holy place. And usually only the high priest then went into the most holy place once a year. So. I don't think he was sleeping in the most holy place, but he was still in the tabernacle. He was near the presence of God. Um, The ark represented the presence of God. We know that God cannot be contained to a box, right? But during that time, that was a symbol of God's presence in the present, in the midst of them. And tabernacle really means to dwell. So when you see that word in the Old Testament, it means to tabernacle, it meant to dwell amongst them. And I believe that is what God's plan is, that he wants to dwell amongst his people. So Samuel positioned himself in a place, in a way that he could hear God. He was near God and his presence. So the question I have is, how can we be near God to hear his voice? So I had, a, I had a thought. So we can set up a bunch of cots here. And, would that work? There's no ark here, right? I don't think that would work. I do enjoy praying here at the church. But what does the New Testament say? It says the Spirit of God is not confined to a specific building or place. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that who is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We are. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's placed His spirit within us. So what are ways that we can bring in God's presence and involve um, into our life? I believe prayer that's a big one. study of God's word, or just being in God's word uh, are important places to start, because these are spiritual practices that put us in a position in a place where God can speak to us, right? where we can hear his voice. Um, other spiritual practice would be practices or solitude. You know, we, I don't know if you ever give the monks a bad time, but um, if you look at church history, uh, there were some very interesting ones. The one that always got my attention was the guy that sat on a pole for I don't know how many days on this top pole. He just, that's where he was, uh, fasting and praying. And uh, somehow that was spiritual. I bet the view is great from up there. Um, you know, there's some pretty crazy stories, right? But there were some that had some pretty sincere hearts that really wanted to seek after God. And there, I don't think maybe God has called us to be monks. Maybe if he's called you to be a monk, go for it. But they did hit on a principle of solitude, that, that pulling away for a period or a time where we can hear the presence of God. You know, there's so much noise in our lives, isn't it? And not just audible noise, just busyness at times. Um, you know, even in, if you just open up your windows, you know, go outside, even in Crete, there's always background noise, right? You hear the mill running, you know, depending on the wi- direction of the wind on our hou- from our house. But I can hear the mill running, or I can hear the trains going by, okay? Uh, some days more than others, depending on the wind direction and how much wind. Um... But, it's, you know, you go out into the country sometimes, and it, usually there's times, you know, that it's just completely quiet. But even when I'm on my deer stand, I still hear people driving to work. I can, it's amazing how some things travel. To really get in a place where you can hear God. Solitude. Prayer. Fasting. For many of us, our lives are moving so fast, and we never stop and put ourselves in a place where we can hear from God. You know what? And I, I, uh, if you have a good drive, I appreciate that. I mean, that's better than being lazy, because if you're lazy, it's hard to get a person going. Okay? I believe God wants us to be productive. I believe He wants us to get things done. But we also need that Sabbath, that time where we can pull away and hear from God. Amen? Um, Those practices put us in a place, it doesn't make us spiritual in themselves, but it puts us in a place where I can grow and I can hear God. You following me? Um, during Jesus' day the the religious leaders thought they were holy and, and righteous because they had the robes and they went to the temple and they prayed every day and they had these prayers and they even had things on their forehead and all that type of stuff they thought they were righteous because they did the practices the practices are important they don't make you spiritual in and of themselves they just put you in a position where you can be where God can speak to you and work in your life does that make sense? It's like putting a seed in the ground. It can be, you know, we're going to be doing that here shortly. Okay, in a couple months, we'll be putting seeds in the ground, maybe three months. All right, if they're in that package, they can sit on your shelf forever and do absolutely nothing. The seed, right? There's life there, but it's not in the right position. It's not in the right place, right? You put that thing in the dark ground, water it, at the right temperature, right? temperature, You can't put it out in the ground now. It's not going to do much. It's going to lay there. But the ground warms up. Moisture, sunshine. And up it comes. Because it's in the right environment. When we put ourselves in the right environment through spiritual practices, sometimes they're referred to as spiritual disciplines, I believe God can speak to us. Amen? Draw near to God. Because he's already drawn near to us. I think we can hear God's voice. Drawn near. You know, the more older I get, Amy and I, we've learned that um, we cannot talk at different ends of the house anymore and expect to understand each other. In our younger years, we could get away with that. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> it helps if I'm looking at her and she's looking at me, Right? these just don't work as good as they used to right you know if somebody's just too far away we it's hard to hear what they're saying we have to draw near to god and i believe if we do god will he'll speak to us we have to stop listen pray be in god's word it is then that we hear his voice and i'll talk a little more about that secondly I, in verses 5 through 10 i think we see that to anticipate his voice be looking for his voice. Samuel hears the voice of God, but he doesn't know who's speaking to him. He responds, he thinks it's Eli. He does not yet recognize God's voice. He's still a young man. Maybe a young boy. God had never revealed himself in that way. And so Eli has to help him out with this. And help him understand, okay, it's God speaking to you. When... when, the voice calls out, "Say, speak, your servant listens. There's a couple of things I want to point out about this. I believe Eli knew the voice of God at one point in his life. But I think he had drifted away. He had drifted away. And the words of the Lord and visions were rare in Israel during that time. But I believe at one point he knew the voice of God. But now God was speaking through other prophets and was speaking now through Samuel. So once Eli understands what is happening after the third time, he's able to instruct Samuel, when God calls to Samuel the fourth time, he says, "Speak for your servant, listens." I just think that's a beautiful statement um, for us, to even ha- in our own lives, to have that attitude get saying, "God speak. I'm, I'm listening. I'm hearing. I'm listening. I'm hearing with the intention of following through, of doing something with what I hear. Okay? Um, There again, as a parent, you can talk to your kids. It doesn't always mean that they are listening, right? All right? They can hear you, but they're sometimes ignoring you, right? Listening has that component that I'm planning to follow through with what I'm hearing. So, how often are we anticipating God speaking to us? Does He have to yell or wake us up to get our attention? Or are we sensitive, anticipating hearing from God? Now, our passage seems to indicate that the voice of God was audible, doesn't it? I'd love it if God would speak to me like that, saying, "Brent, you know, I have never heard God speak to me audibly." Okay, um, I believe He did to Samuel, but it almost seems it almost seems like God did to that to Moses as well and others. Um, I have heard God speak to me through His Holy Spirit. Um, I can be, you know, studying God's word and a passage just like it jumps off the page. You ever had that happen? That's God speaking to you, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's called illumination. It's like God is shining a flashlight on it. Maybe you've read it before. Maybe the first time, but it's like the words jump off the page. That's God through his Holy Spirit speaking to you through his word. Amen? Um, And sometimes it's a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's a word of correction. Oh, correction but that's what the word of God does right um sometimes I have sensed in my spirit that I should call someone you know um and how, I tell you what 99% of the time when God puts that that sense in my heart it, I call the person I find out you know what they're going through a difficult time and sometimes it's so subtle that I go on with my daily life I got other things happening and I push that off, that nudge of the Holy Spirit. And as God is God saying, hey, somebody's going through a hard time. You need to call them and pray with them. And uh, yeah, feel that nudge to talk to that person about God, right? The Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to do that, to pray for somebody. There's times that, you know, God speaks to me in the middle of the night when I can't, you know, I wake up and... And God will just place somebody in my heart to pray for, right? That's not just the food you ate the night before. I believe that is God speaking to us. I believe that God is wanting to speak to us more than we realize. But it means drawing near to Him, anticipating that God will speak to us. But having said that, there are times that the heavens are like brass. What do I mean by that? I pray and they just... They just come right back. You ever had that? Yeah. You pray and it's like they, those prayers just bounce right back at you. I've been there. I think if you've walked with God very long, you have experienced that. And um, there's also times where God has spoken to me and it's like drinking out of a fire hose. Two extremes, right? And I would say that those extremes are rare They do happen from time to time. In those times where we don't hear from God, God's wanting us to walk by faith and to trust Him, to trust His Word, and to grow deep. But I have found that most of the time that God is wanting to talk with us daily as we spend time in His Word and pray. God is present. He wants to provide guidance. He wants to provide strength. He wants to provide direction, correction. He wants to renew us for that day. He is our daily bread, right? He's our daily bread. Um, but I have to be anticipating. I have to be looking. If I, if I begin my day, I, I, most of the things on Facebook I just don't really care for. Um, I did like Ron's post though uh, the other day or two. Um, and I did like one, and it just, it, it showed waking up in the morning, okay? And it, if you're guilty of this, please don't smile or, or look down. But the first thing you do is you grab this, and you begin scrolling through maybe Facebook, your messages. And it, instead of doing that, the guy wakes up out of bed, and he's in this like this. and So everywhere he's going, he's doing this instead of doing this, right? And so it was, you know. And I thought, you know, what if we were doing this instead of this? Especially the first thing in the morning. This can, you know, it can really, what we do in those first minutes, the hour of the day, can really impact our perspective and our outlook on the day. If we begin our day saying, God, here I am. Speak to me, guide and direct my life, my footsteps, my path. What are you wanting to say to me today? Wow. But Sometimes we, we hit the ground running. Sometimes we begin with this and, Sometimes maybe I don't know, middle the end of the day or when we put our head on the pillow, it's kind of like, oh, I forgot to check in with God. Right? Right? So if that hits home, it hit home to me. All right. Number three, follow his voice. Verses 19 and 21. The Lord was with Samuel and he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. When I read that, I thought, you know what? Samuel followed God's word. And he didn't let any of God's words fall to the ground. Is that what it says? What does it say? God didn't let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, Samuel heard from God And he shared it with the people he was supposed to. And it came to pass. God did not let the words that Samuel spoke fall to the ground. Isn't that powerful? Um, Man, I wish I could hear that clearly from God that I could always be like that. Um, But Samuel, he obeyed. He took what God was sharing with him and he shared it to the people of Israel, to provide spiritual leadership in a time where they were desperate. The word of God was rare. They were not hearing from God. And Samuel now became a voice of direction. He became a voice of pointing them back to God, providing leadership there that Eli failed to do. Um, Samuel was faithful with God, what God shared with him. And as a result, God honored what he shared and it came to pass. We must hear God's voice and then follow through with it. If we do nothing with it, eventually I I believe we won't hear the voice of God. And I almost wonder if that's what happened to Eli. That he had heard the voice of God and he failed to do anything with it. And eventually God quit speaking to him. Right? We have people like that in our own lives. right? You talk to them and they never listen to you. So we just stop talking to them, right? And I believe maybe that's what happened to Eli. I don't know. It's not in our story. I'm just putting, connecting the dots, doing my best that way. So instead of calling out to Eli, God instead called out to Samuel, a young man who heard the voice of the God and was willing to follow through with it. You know, I believe God is still calling out to his people still today. That's a promise from the prophet Joel, which Peter repeats on the day of Pentecost. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I had somebody ask me, what is prophecy? It's encouragement, right? It's words of encouragement. You know, we see in the Old Testament, a lot of it was prediction or future events. It can be that. But we see a lot of it, it's for the edification, the building up of believers within the body of Christ. Um Young men will see visions. Um, dream dreams. I have dreams. not a, you know. Sometimes they're spiritual, sometimes it's, I don't know. The food I ate, I guess. I don't know. But I pray that God would give us dreams that would guide and direct His people. Pastor Luis had his credential interview this past week. And he was sharing with Those that were interviewing him, he's in the process of getting his credentials. So hopefully in April he'll here he'll be uh, licensed. Um, But one of the people asked him why I don't know if it was me or somebody else asked him, um, you know how he ended up here in Crete. And Victor and Yolanda knew that they needed it was time for them to retire and step back. And you can pray for Victor. He's had some health issues since he went back to Costa Rica, so you can, you can keep him in your prayers. Um, but they knew that they had to, it was time for them to retire, but we just didn't have anybody lined up and, and uh, felt like Luis was the, the right person. It was interesting talking to Luis. He had a couple different dreams that communicated to him that this was where he was supposed to be. probably really prepared the way. I mean, he he lives in Grand Island. We're hoping that he'll move here. But they're driving here once or twice a week on the weekends. Plus, he's working. They're both working full time uh, jobs in Grand Island, and they're driving here. Um, A great commitment. But they know that this is where God is calling them to um, because God spoke to them and just confirmed some of those things. May God give us ears to hear what this God is saying to us and to his church. Amen. The life of the Samuel, we see that hearing the voice of God involves, let me have the musicians come, involves being in God's presence. I think this involves being in God's word, prayer, um, pulling away to hear from God. And I believe when we do, God will be faithful to speak to us. When I do my devotional times, do I do them every day? Well, I try to do it Monday through Friday. Do I do every Monday through Friday? Well, you can go look at my journal, okay? Not every day. Sometimes schedule. Sometimes it's just not on my A-game, okay? But when I show up, God shows up. Some days, uh, you know, it's kind of like the lights really come on. It's like God is just really revealing things. And then uh, other days, not so much. But still, God is, He has my ear and I'm listening. Anticipate and follow His voice. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I believe. This applies to us just walking in our daily walk with God. But then it flows so naturally and just to minister for Him and to be used by Him through the Holy Spirit. This is where we begin, hearing the voice of God. And and I know I, I want to be a Samuel. I don't want to be an Eli. I want to be a Samuel. It says, here, Lord, here I am. Speak. Amen? And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're with Samuel there just at the beginning. You don't even know what it means for God to speak to you. You know, um, Just ask him to yell real loud. Okay? Um, I think God will be faithful to confirm. He'll confirm those things to us. Amen? All I know is that I want a heart that is open to him and to hear his voice. Amen. Would you stand this morning? I'm going to lead us in a prayer of salvation because maybe there's somebody listening or here today that, God, you're calling out to them saying, draw near to me. Know me as Lord and Savior. You're the only one that can save. That's what our song talks about. You're worthy because you are the only one that can save. And, uh Maybe today there's somebody here that just doesn't have that nailed down. You don't know for sure if you're going to go to heaven or hell. You don't know if you have the hope of salvation. Scripture says you can know. We can know. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. It's a prayer. It's a decision. It's a walk with God. We walk with Him. And so if that's you this morning, would you join in the prayer along with us all? We're all going to pray together. So you're not going to be praying alone. We're going to pray together. So let's pray together saying, Dear God... Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Walk with me each step of the way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And God, I pray for your people. I pray for each of us here today. Lord, give us ears to hear. We're all at different stages of our maturity and growth in our walk with you. But Lord God, take us deeper. Take us deeper into You and understanding You, Lord God, and to knowing Your voice, and to following Your will in our lives, Lord. We are a people. Your sheep will know Your voice, Jesus said. Your sheep will know Your voice. And so, Lord God. We give You the praise and glory. Amen. Let's stand and stand, us sing that song together. Um, I'm going to have a couple people come up. Gary, if you join me, Gary, if you join me over here. And uh, if you need prayer this morning, we're going to pray with you. And Kate and uh, Kevin over here. And I'll be here. But if you want prayer this morning, we're going to be here. But would you just worship the Lord this morning just say God God can even speak to us right now. Amen. He'd speak. To you. Open up your heart and hear from him. Amen. Amen. Lord, is good. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as your people. Um, and Lord God, as we go into this week, I just pray. Um, Lord, allow us to be put ourselves in that place, that posture, where we can hear from you. That we anticipate Hearing words of life that come from our, our living God. That help us to know how to live each day, that allow us to live each day with life, with energy, with, with purpose and meaning. Um, God, just reveal Yourself to us. Lord God, we just pray for Pastor Victor in Costa Rica now. And and Lord God, You know the, the need there. Lord God, we just pray You would touch him in body mind and soul, Lord God, just your healing touch over his life, we pray. Uh, just your healing there, Lord God. And Lord, we pray your blessing upon uh, the, the Hispanic service that follows, Lord God. And uh, just pray your blessing upon them. We give you the thanks and the praise we ask it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Next Sunday is a family service, and so we're going to be back one more Sunday in Samuel. And it's a pretty important message just on families, all right? And uh, there's just something in these first few chapters of Samuel that just kind of grab your heart as a dad. So we're going to talk about that. Family service will make it fun for the kids. So see you back next Sunday.